0: listening to History, Zoology, and Stories for Kids. Let's get started. Hi friends, welcome back to History, Zoology, and Stories for Kids. Today we're going to be continuing our, our astronomy edition. about Ty and another Savannah animal. So, we laughed off last week about even the littlest mistake in making an airplane can make a huge effect. So, now we're going to be talking about the space exploration we're doing today and the things that we're going to do in the future. So space exploration had to go on. Sending people into space wasn't the only way to do it. And some planets are so far away that no person could make the trip. At least not currently. Mars is the closest planet to Earth and it is about 140 million miles away. That's still really far away for the, cl- for the closest planet to our Earth. Mechanical robots used during the space race were the answer, but scientists didn't want the robot to crash or get damaged upon landing. In the late 1990s, they came up with a clever solution for the Mars Pathfinder. Once it reached Mars, parachutes opened and lowered it down. Then airbags popped up so that it would bounce safely on the surface of Mars. Mars Pathfinder analyzed samples of rocks and dirt and transmitted its findings back to Earth for scientists to study. Since the 1960s, the U.S. and other countries have sent unmanned satellites up to orbit the Earth. Some are weather satellites. They send back images of Earth that show clear skies, patches of clouds, or storms that are forming. That information helps us to prepare for upcoming weather. So whenever you see a weather forecast, really it's not us who predicts the weather. It's our satellites. And other satellites are used for our GPS. The satellites can detect where we are and make the GPS's work. Communication satellites either receive signals from Earth or bounce them back to Earth. They're used when we make some phone calls or tune into some radio stations or watch some television channels. Scientists also rely on another unmanned satellite called space props. Voyager 1 and Voyager 2 are the space probes that were only supposed to last until 1982. They are still hurtling far off its space. In 2012, Voyager 1 entered the space beyond the planets in our solar system called interstellar, interstellar space. Voyager 1 has now traveled farther than anyone or anything from Earth has ever traveled before. Today, scientists from all over the world realize that information we gather from outer space needs to be shared. In the late 1990s, many countries worked together to launch the International Space Station, the ISS. Now, before we continue talking about the I-S-S, We're going to take a short break, and then we'll get back. Hey, friends! Want to listen to other podcasts other than this? Well, if you like history, check out Forever Ago. Or maybe you're just into the story part of this podcast. Check out Story Pirates. can check out Julie's library. And if you're just into science, check out Brains On. Now, on with the show. Hi friends, and we're back. So it looks like a storm is brewing right now where I am. Well, that won't stop us from 20,000 men and women from a variety of countries have taken turns living on board the ISS. It is a huge orbiting beehive of scientific activity. Astronauts, scientists and other experts conduct experiments there. It gives them the chance to do research with no pull of gravity. One of the things these experts are studying is how the human body is affected in space with no gravity. Bones and muscles weaken. How can people keep their bodies strong? This research will lead to solutions for people who will travel and one day may live in space. Today, you don't have to be an astronaut to go into orbit. In the early 2000s. A few millionaires who passed a physical test went aboard the International Space Station. One person paid $35 million for his ticket. Another got a bargain and paid $20 million. More and more scientists in many countries realize that space travel needs to be open to other citizens. One business... One business person has created a spacecraft and is selling tickets for $250,000 each. The hope is that traveling into outer space will become cheaper and more common. Who knows? If you are in shape, in a few years, you may be planning your vacation in outer space. Maybe even to the moon. Now that would be pretty incredible. Well, that's it for our Epic space travel. Our next episode will be about science, so send us a, a voice message and we'll put it in our next episode. Our science episode will be all about science, of course, and we're asking you to send voice messages of you telling us what world problem would you like to solve and how would you do it. It can be some make Machine, or maybe your solution is just doing some research about that and send it to us using the link in the episode notes below. Keep listening. our zoology hold on just give me a sec and there okay let's see our next savanna animals is the elephant all right now let's start learning about elephants so as you know elephants very, very big. They are even bigger than your dad. Believe me, they are much, much bigger. Now, you might have seen the movie Dumbo about a baby elephant with large ears who can fly. Now, in real life, elephants cannot fly. But here are some facts that I know. So, elephants are the largest land animals in the world. They are bulky and strong and have no natural predators. And there are two kinds of elephants, the African and Asian elephant. So the African and Asian species are very different from each other. Both have distinct features and are easily identified. The African species are much larger than their Asian relatives. They also have less hair on their body. However, the most distinguished feature of the African elephant is its huge fan-shaped ears. Moreover, both male and female African elephants have tusks, whereas only the males of Asian elephants have tusks. So that's a very big difference between them. The trunk is a combination of the nose and upper lip. The elephant uses its strong, flexible trunk to carry objects, break off branches and pluck leaves and also drink water. So some people might think that elephants drink water through, water through their noses. Now that is not true. Scientists have shown that that's just a myth. Elephants just use their nose to suck up, just use their big trunk to suck up that water and spray into their mouths. A little bit like uh, a straw that sprays out water into your mouth. Now, those are not real, but the trunk is close enough. So, the nostrils at the tip of the trunk help to smell. The elephant waves its trunk about to capture a scent. The trunk is then placed in the mouth to identify the scent. So they use their mouth and their nose to identify scent. The tucks, the tusks are actually elongated in scissored teeth. So they are used for various purposes from from digging for food and water to territorial fights and defense. Now incisor teeth are the teeth that help us uh, to tear our food and rip it so we can eat it. We all have one. Just go ask um, maybe your mom or your dad where your incisor teeth are. They won't be as large as elephant teeth, but they're great. All right. Here's the creature profile. The common name is African elephant. Scientific name, Loxodonta africana. They are found in sub-Saharan Africa. Their size and weight is 7,000 to 10,000 kilograms or 15,000 to 20,000 pounds. Their height? is three to three three to three point five millimeters sorry three to three point five meters and ten to or ten to eleven point five feet they feed on branches and leaves their enemies are humans elephants are killed for their tusks and their status is african African elephants are considered to be so let's try to save these animals. Well wow. now we're going to take another short break and let's and then we're gonna get to our story. Let's listen to our mystery sound. Okay listeners, here is the mystery sound. So we're back, and we're about to read a story called Thingamajig, Jamie. But first, I'm going to give you a little clue about the mystery sound. It has something to do with weather satellites. Have any guesses? Well, we're going to hear the answer a little bit later in the show, and we're going to have another chance to listen to it. But now, let's read our story for a minute. Thingamajig Jamie by Bethany Robert Urbina. Jamie peek- peeked out of her window, out of her bedroom window of her house on Charleston Street. A few houses down, she saw Ty once again, busily tinkering in his garage. I wonder if he's working on his project for the science fair, Jamie thought to herself. She leaned back into her room and opened her closet. Inside her closet, there were three shelves full of her own gadgets, shining, blinking, and humming in their own ways. No one knew about Jamie's inventions. She kept she even kept them hid, hidden from her butt, brother, Will. She picked up each of them and examined them with a sigh. Suddenly behind her, a voice made her jump. What are these, Jamie? Jamie whirled around to see her mother standing at her closet door holding a basket of laundry. Jamie quickly slid a few hanging coats and dresses in front of her shelves, but it was no use. Her secret had already been discovered. Did you make these? Mom continued as she slipped the hanging clothes back again. Jamie nodded quietly to her mother and begged. Please don't tell anyone. Her mother turned to her, still shocked by everything she had seen. Jamie, I always knew you loved science she said, but this is quite a skill you have. Why would you want to keep it a secret? You know Ty down the street? Jamie shrugged. His inventions are so much better. Half of mine don't even work. If anyone knew, they'd just laugh at me. Jamie's mother stared at her for a minute, thinking of something to say. Then she set down then she set down the basket of Jamie's clothes and silently headed downstairs to start dinner. Jamie, who had expected her mother to try to change her mind, was surprised by her mother's silence. She closed her closet door and followed her mother downstairs. In the kitchen, Mom began wat- watching a lanoletto cooking show on her laptop while gathering utensils and ingredients for dinner. Jamie sat on a stool across from her mother and curiously watched her follow Lana's direction step by step. Just when Jamie thought her mother might have forgotten about her conversation upstairs, her mother proved her wrong. Your teacher called me earlier, she said, whisking oils and, and spices in a bowl. She said that there's a science fair coming up. The theme is the science of temperature. What if you built something for the fair? I'd be too embarrassed, Mom, Jamie replied. Besides, there's no way I'd win. Ty would come along and build something even better. Oh, Jamie, her mother shook her head as she brushed the sauce she had made onto a few fish fillets. Just because you may not be the best at something, doesn't mean you should try. Doesn't sorry. Doesn't mean you shouldn't try. Since Jamie didn't seem convinced, her mother continued. Look at me. She gestured t- to her apron. Do you think I'm a better cook than Lana Laddle? Of course I'm not. But if I stopped cooking because I wasn't the best cook, then you, Will, and your dad would never taste my delicious baked salmon. Or anything else but cereal for that matter. At that thought, her mother began to giggle and Jamie joined her. Mom was right. Her cooking was delicious and it would be silly for her not to cook just because someone else was better. Mom set the salmon fillets in the oven and shut the door before turning to Jamie once again. Just remember, it's not about being the best, she said. It's be It's about becoming the best, Jamie, that you can be. Then, Mom held out her arms and Jamie hopped off the stool to give her a big hug, apron and all. After her family sat down together and finished Mom's tasty meal, Jamie went straight up to her room and began to work. But... Moving her crates of gadgets and, and moving her crates of gadgets and inventions out of her closet. Well, before we continue our story, let's get back to our mystery sound. So, what do you think that sound was? Do you have any new guesses? Well, here's the answer. That was the sound of rain hitting the top of our roof. Alright, now that you know the answer, let's see what happened to Jamie. When the day of the science fair came, Jamie was ready to display her work. She called her invention the Sick Day Teddy Bear. It was a large stuffed bear that could turn warm or cold with the touch of a button. A thermometer pad on its right arm could take someone's temperature, and a little slot at the end of its left arm dispensed clean tissues. She smiled as one by one, the judges came to to review her gadget. Then she happened to glance across the gym to see Ty wearing what looked like a rain jacket. But when he pressed the button on a small control panel, the jacket began to change colors. The people in the gym began to point and gather around Ty's booth. He explained that his jacket was filled with a liquid that reacted to temperature by changing color and that he had a remote remote that controlled the temperature of the jacket. Jamie's heart sank for just a moment. Her bear couldn't compete with an invention like that. Then she remembered her mother's words. It wasn't about winning. It was about doing her best. And she had done her best, she was proud of her work. And someday she would learn even more and build something even better. As the school principal walked on stage and took the microphone, the people in the gym began became quiet. The winner of this year's fair is, he announced, Ty Baxter. People all over the gym clapped and cheered as Ty walked on stage to receive his trophy. Jamie smiled and clapped with the crowd. Ty's invention was incredible and she was glad he had won. She was about to go to his booth and congratulate him when she heard her name called. Jamie Miller, the principal said from the microphone, please come to the stage and accept the charity award for your invention, the Sick Day Teddy Bear everyone in the gym clapped and cheered just as loudly for Jamie as she made her way to the stage and received a trophy with a golden heart on top. An inscription on the bottom of the trophy read, for the student whose project best demonstrates the golden heart, compassion for others. Just then Jamie and Ty were asked to stand for a picture to print in the school paper. As they stood there, the trophies in hand, Ty turned to Jamie. I had no idea you like to invent gadgets too, he exclaimed. We should be gadget partners. Really? asked Jamie in surprise. Ty, the gadget guy, wants to work with me? Totally. Let's meet up after school, said Ty with a smile. And our first project can be working on a, cle- on a clever nickname for you. The End. Well, that's it for our story today. Yeah. Now, that this is the last episode for our Astronomy Edition. We hope that you enjoyed our four-part series. Well, see you next week. Bye.